Well, hey, uh, we are closing out our Uphill Habits series today. How many of you enjoyed these last few weeks? How many of you enjoyed last week? I loved preaching last week's message on the soul. And we will get that online for you ASAP. But um, you've got soul. And uh, it was such an impactful message for me. And uh, hopefully it impacted you as well. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. Uh, but we are finishing it out. And, and next week, hopefully what's happened for you is you've created some uphill habits. How many of you participated, and this is not to get a gold star, we are not handing out a prize, but how many of you participated in some way in our 21 days of prayer and fasting? How many of you guys jumped in on some of that? How many of you guys felt like it just, you, you, you kind of made some strides, you felt like God really began to establish some things in you? Um, how many of you, hopefully, you, many of you guys raised your hands too. Um, but uh, I, uh, I was really, really excited about that, and I think we're going to make the beignet bus like the tradition to close out our 21 days of prayer and fasting every year. I think it's a great way to do it. Um, I want to encourage you, uh, hopefully one of the new habits you've created is a uh, is just a heart for this house, for this church. Um, you know, many a times what will happen for us as people is our schedule will get busy, and one of the first things we do is pull out a church. And part of that is because it's it's the one that, um, well, there's a lot of reasons. Um, and I'm just going to, it's not usually, not great reasons, uh, but we get kind of outside of what's going on. And, and because we feel the pressure of the world, we make decisions based upon the world wants us to do. You got to work longer. You got to stay longer. You got to, you know, that we, we actually begin to say, well, God, you know, I just think we got things to do. And I want to encourage you, maybe one of the habits you begin to create is that you are here faithfully and you're here showing up every week. I, I, you know, a guy like Zach here, Zach and Ben sitting in the middle. By the way, you all scoot to the middle next time, okay? Um, it's kind of weird to have to look back and forth all the time. But, um, but Zach and Ben, Zach started coming first of uh, December last year and, uh, and really ha you've missed one Sunday. Uh, has just shown up and he says every week to me, he says, I just look forward to it every single week. And uh, I want you to understand something. There are guys like Zach and Ben and some of the other guys that you, you know, have started being a part of this church and um, uh, they, they, they just don't know it's here. And when someone would bring them along and invite them along, all of a sudden they go, oh, all right. And uh, right, Zach? You just didn't even know until Steph Turner said, hey, you should come. And, uh, and so I want to encourage you, you know, bring somebody along. Be a little bold. Be a little courageous. We talked about last week, sometimes we don't like the word habits because we make them boring. You know, you can make dangerous, risky, crazy habits. Like meet somebody new every day. Invite someone to church every week. Oh, hey, here's one. Tell somebody about Jesus. Make it a habit that Jesus is on your lips. And you watch as God begins to take hold of that and begins to move in behind that and says, oh, yeah, I can do a lot with that. You know, learn something new. I busted up my hand this week because I decided this year I'm going to get back into skateboarding. And, you know, I didn't hurt myself jumping on anything or going down any kind of, I, I hurt myself because I ran over a stupid rock. And it's, how does it stop? How does a rock stop? 200 chiseled pounds of, of like, how does that happen? And I just flew off the thing. Some of y'all caught that. Some of you didn't. And some of you laughing still too hard. And you're fired. So I, I need to get into the message. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12. 
I'd love for you to call this home. I really would. I'd love for you to make this home. And the best way to do that is to start up at Next Steps next Sunday with uh, Shane and Talisha. I know several of you guys, it's new. We didn't run it in December. We didn't run it in January. We may have run it in December, but we, we, we really, for some of you guys, have been waiting six weeks to do Next Steps. So come and be a part. It's about half an hour next week, and then the next week is just a little bit longer, but not much. And you really not only discover who we are, because, listen, we are just not that into ourselves. Uh, we really want you to discover more of who you are, uh, because we believe you're made with a purpose, that you're made different to make a difference. Amen? We don't expect all of you to look like me or talk like me. We expect you to be who you are in Christ Jesus. And in that, in fact, we'll talk about this today, that you become more of who you were called to be. And as you apply the gifts God's given you, uh, you will begin to see something really substantial happen in your life and in the lives of others. Amen? Your life is meant for other people. I know that sounds crazy, but your life is meant for other people. And we actually get more frustrated and more disappointed and more discouraged when we make our lives all about ourselves. Um, because all you do is end up focusing on all the, because this is just who we are, we end up focusing on all the things about us that we don't like instead of the things we do. And, uh, and so God wants you to go lift your eyes higher, not just bigger, higher. And it gives you a different view. Romans chapter 12, and let me set this up for a minute as we close out the series. And you're good, Brandon. Thank you so much, man. I was, I was kind of enjoying that. I kind of forgot it was going on. Um, Brandon's so faithful, so awesome. And he wrote an incredible uh, uh, devo for our 21 days of prayer. It was so good. And Nate Lindsay closed it off yesterday with a fantastic deal. Those are all still online. You can jump on and, and, and read those. But just to set this up, we close the year, John 15, 4 through 5, remain in me and I in you. Remain in me and I in you. And other words for this uh, word remain are abide, dwell, stay, live. Uh, meaning that it probably means a bit more than you thought it did. It doesn't just mean sit and wait. It means to grow in him as he grows in you, the way J.B. Phillips says it. Grow in me as I grow in you. Uh, to remain in him, to dwell in him, to live in him. And if you do, you will bear much fruit. I love that God designed it, that I can't bear fruit until I'm in relationship with him. That, that he almost tricked us. Right, We have always made it about the fruit or the action, but God has always made it about the relationship or the faith. So he does not condemn us because we don't have actions. He says if you get the faith, you will have the actions. And when we get to the point where we trust him fully, and in fact in April we'll talk about faith. Paul talks a lot about faith, and we're going to talk a lot about faith. And next week we're starting a series called Loveology. Right? Man, woman, God, sex, romance, all of the above. And I am really excited about that because, and I don't want to just talk about the stuff that churches always talk about. I want to talk about the stuff that ain't nobody talking about. And I think we have a, I actually think the church has an incredible answer for what love looks like, what it should sound like, what a man looks like, what a woman looks like. And, it, and I'm just going to tell you, I think it's going to be something that frees a lot of people up. So I would encourage you. That's, that's one of those that you should bring people to, even if the way you invite them is to say, hey, uh, they're going to say some things you're not going to like, and you can just, like, heckle them. I'm okay with that. I can handle that. Um, but I really want to encourage you to bring somebody along. It starts next week. And we'll be doing giveaways every single Sunday during the Loveology series. Uh, for some of you guys who are single and looking to mingle, we'll get you some gift cards that you can take somebody out on. Or if you are engaged or married and have stopped dating, you need to get back on it. And we will give you some stuff for that. And uh, I think we're working towards, hopefully, a really big giveaway at the end, which involves how many people you can tell about uh, about the series. Because I really, I don't usually do relationship series, uh, but I think we've got enough young people in our church and young marriages or young uh, relationships that I, I just think I want to speak to it. And um, 
talk about what it means to be single, talk about what it means to be married, talk about how, in fact, most of those, those are actually fairly similar in how you relate to people. And we're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about sexuality. Uh, we're going to talk about all that stuff. It's going to be good. And we'll have a Q&A because you know, you know we get a chance to ask some questions about that. Some of you guys are just going to be bold enough to actually ask the question. Right, Nate? Um, so, nah, he's, sorry, there's context to that. There's context. Nate runs our creative team, and he's going to be collecting the questions. I wasn't saying that, like, Nate, ask the question. I wasn't, like, hey, I'm at home, man. We're just with family. Some of you want me to get up here and be just to the point. I, I don't get to see some of y'all but once a week, so. But I want us to remain. That's my uphill hope for you, is that you would remain, that you would dwell in, that you would live in him. And because of that, you would bear fruit in your life. Amen? That's my goal. That, that's my goal. That's my hope for you. But to have uphill hopes means you also then have to create and develop some uphill habits. And habits uh, can sound like a dirty word at some level because we just, I don't want to do that. I don't like that word. I don't like that. And really what we're talking about is routine. And hopefully what happens with habits, in fact, if you look up the definition of habits, it speaks, this, it's this progression where it starts as something that requires effort and it moves into a place of being effortless. And so you want to create habits that will take some time and it rarely will ever happen in 21 days. Just if some of you guys are frustrated because after 21 days you didn't create the habit you wanted, well, most habits aren't actually created in 21 days despite what everybody tells you. It is usually a longer process than that. It's usually a couple months, maybe a little bit more, depending on what kind of habit you're trying to create. So just keep going, okay? Keep going, keep moving, keep stepping one foot after the other. And if we want to create uphill hopes, and we also need uphill habits, and for some of us, those habits are different than what we would expect or different than what we would want. And so we've been talking a little bit about that, and we've been basing it off of our, uh, after the greatest commandment, which is Jesus saying to, uh, to the Pharisees after they've been arguing about all these, other, uh, all these other requirements, all these other laws, all these other do's and don'ts. And finally, this guy comes up and, and asks a great question. How many of you know good questions go much further than great statements? Um, if you can ask good, question, you, good, good questions, you will move further in life. I promise you, because one, you're already telling people that you appreciate their opinion, which how many of you know, if you ask your boss a question, they, they go, oh yeah, I'm the boss, you know, so that's nice, but two, if you ask the right question, you get good answers, and so I would challenge you to ask good questions, get around some good people and ask good questions, get, go to a dinner party and be part of asking good questions and starting some good discussion, amen, and, uh, and so we, 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 he asked this great question, he says, okay, Forget all of that other stuff. What is the greatest commandment? What is the best thing? What is the greatest thing you could tell us? And Jesus responds, and he does this in, in, in every gospel. He responds with this statement. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So if that is the greatest hope of Jesus for us, that we would, we would love him, again, that relationship thing, Right? Here's a commandment that's built upon love. He commands us to love him. Habits determine, they, also, they, they, they reveal our love, but they also shape our love. It's, a, it's kind of a two-edged sword. The habits we create will both reveal what we love, but it will also shape it. 
And so if your habits have created for you now what you are pursuing, then you must also be uh, aware of the fact that those can also reshape and renew and change what you're pursuing. And so I want to encourage you to, to, to begin to, to, to kind of look over your habits and begin to build some things that would cause you to look upward and look towards heaven. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. We talked about that the first week. Actually, two weeks in a row. Love the Lord your God with all your soul. We talked about that last week. And today... I'm going to try to go for a two-for-one special. I'm going to try to give you mind and strength. Have you ever had anybody say uh, you've lost your mind? Anybody? Anybody ever felt like you have lost your mind? You ever just like sitting at a stoplight going, where was I going? You ever been sitting in the middle of a grocery store going, I think I had to get something. I have nothing in my cart right now. I have no idea what I'm doing here. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Most fellas do. Yeah, the guys are raising their hands. Evernote. Evernote. Thank you. There's a tip for you. Thank you, John. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever felt, maybe you looked at somebody. This week, I, um, I watched my, uh, I think he's 10, 10-year-old neighbor with his mom watching, in fact, encouraging. I watched him jump off the roof of their house into a tall bush that's like six feet tall. And the only thing he asked was that there was a pillow on it. I watched the whole thing. It was unbelievable. And I'm sitting there going, y'all have lost your mind. Just jump into the grass and roll. Parkour. Like, just do that. Like, just, just do, don't, why are, you, why are you jumping into a, why? Is that a better idea? Why is jumping into a bush a better idea? And I watched it, and he jumped off, and it actually turned out to be an okay idea. Uh, he immediately sunk all the way into the bush. I mean, he was gone. It didn't stop his fall. I don't think it really padded his fall either. Uh, but he's a young gun. He can jump back up. He's good. Uh, and we went and got him out, and I just thought, y'all are crazy. And yet at the same time, I wanted to see it. You know, I was only somewhat saying, don't do it. Go ahead. Don't, no, yeah, 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 stop it. You know, feigned uh, concern for my neighbor. Um, I don't know if you ever just, and what we're, what we're saying when we say someone's lost their mind is that they're not reasoning well. They're not following the logic, right? Uh, there's, and this has been attributed to a few different people, some different, it's a funny group, but, but your mind tells you what you should do your heart is going to do, you're going to do what your heart tells you to do. You know what I'm talking about? Your heart thinks, your mind thinks, the heart usually wins. See, some of us, for the biggest issue for us is that we've made the mind the leader when it's meant to be the learner. It, it is not meant to be the leader. The mind is not the leader. It's not. That's why you can, you can sit down and have a conversation with somebody about the logical decision they should make. And then they don't do it. Why? Because their heart decided they should do something else. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because after 20 years of no playoff victories, I should not be a Cowboys fan. That is the logical, reasonable explanation. I should not be a Cowboys fan, but I can't stop it. I can't stop. I won't stop. Because my heart how many you know what I'm talking about? 
I'm not saying you check your mind at the door by any stretch. If you know me, I appreciate you making my mind bigger. I want you to challenge me. I want you to get around the table and disagree with each other. I think what we're really bad at in our culture is disagreement. It has actually crippled our culture. It has not made us better. It has not made us better that we can't see a different viewpoints. It's actually made us worse. The idea that we can't sit across the table and have a disagreement has made us immature little children. It's true. We just yell at each other. Well, I don't like what you think. Okay. You know, the reason you have improvements in technology and in different things, it's, it's because someone disagreed with what was already there. Now, there are right ways to say it. And there are right ways to have those discussions. If you put some beignets at the middle of the table, that would help. Send some beignets to Congress, y'all. We'll be better. But, but we, so, so I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not telling you to check your mind. In fact, I think you should be, as a Christian, I think you should be challenging yourself all the time. I think you should be reading things you disagree with. I think you should be putting yourself in a place where your mind is going, oh, whoa. I didn't, I didn't think about it that way. I didn't think about it. Oh, my goodness. You should hang out with Josh Wright and have a discussion about Jesus because he will make you smarter, I promise you. Steve Wozner, sit down with him and let him translate the Bible in French. It's true. He does it to me every Sunday. Hey, you know what it says in French? It's like, no, I don't actually because I don't know how to speak that language. And it's amazing. Like, value that. It's actually, it's what we talked about with the soul. You should be getting your heart and mind in the same direction. And when you get your heart and mind in the same direction, then you begin to see some things really shift, not only in your life, but lives around you. So we tend to overvalue reason and undervalue revelation. We tend to overvalue the reasoning of our minds, and we tend to undervalue the revelation of our heart, as though they are enemies and as though they are exclusive to one another and that they can't work together. But Jesus is pretty clear here, isn't he? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Your heart and mind are in the same sentence. And we are meant to love him with all of our mind. And for too many, too many uh, of those in culture tend to think that, that Christians have checked their mind at the door. They have lost their mind. As though, as though culture's really got it all together. Do you know what I'm saying? Like as though we really just have it. When you don't talk about Jesus, everything just works out. I was reading an article on Wired Magazine last night talking about this, this new company that just branded these new pink pouches. And at the Chris Rock um, comedy tour, the, the, you walked in, you had to put your phone in the pink pouch and they would lock it up and you couldn't use it during the event. And it's, they said they had no joke. Listen to this. They had a designated area where you could go get on your phone. You, you know what that used to be? That used to be where you went to smoke. Now it's where you go to get on your phone because we're so addicted to it. We don't know what to do with ourselves for 90 minutes while someone makes great, amazing jokes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like people just fidgeting, going, I don't know. What am I supposed to record Chris Rock with? Just listen to the man. 
Like, we don't have it all together. And when we get our heart full and our mind stretched, all of a sudden things happen. We want revelation and we want reason. They're meant to be created. They are created with a purpose and they are meant to work together. And Jesus wants us to love him with all of our mind. And what happens is we get, the, the problem is, uh, well, John Piper said it like this. He said that what we tend to think is uh, that if we just, uh, we, if we would just know more. So the issue becomes all about our education. If we just get better education. And I think that's absolutely a valid and valuable exercise and desire and want. 100%. In fact, that's the whole point of what we just said. That we should be people who are challenging our mind. But the most, the, the education isn't the thing that's going to fix it. Because our mind is not just not knowledgeable enough. It is actually fallen. It actually has sin inter intertwined. And our mind actually begins to, needs to be renewed and changed. The, the church for a long time was the leading edge of intellectual strength. And in fact, many of the greatest scientists on the planet, they don't talk about the, their, that they're believers all the time, but so the, the leading scientists in so many fields are people who believe in God, who believe in faith. They, they believe in what, there's something bigger than them. Because as they've studied it all, they realize there is no way I could explain all of this. In fact, if anything, all the different designations of how this world came to be, the probability of that is beyond anything we could imagine. If anything, what science does, in my opinion, is begin to speak towards the fact that there is something greater. Science can only tell you what it knows, not what it doesn't. And so, but they don't work. Again, let me hear it. Let me just please hear me. They are not at opposite ends fighting against one another, throwing haymakers, hoping that one dies. Our heart and our mind should be working together to make us walk in fullness of life, overflowing life, abundant life. We should value reason and revelation both. They should both be present in our world. So let's get to the verse that I'm supposed to be talking about. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Actually, I'm just going to read verse 2. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Let your life be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. It's amazing. Your thoughts can change your life. Caroline Leaf talks about mindsets in her book. One of the leading um, uh, studies and doctors in the study of our mind and what it does and what it can do. It says, it says that we have mindsets. Anybody have a mindset? And that's the difference with education and the mind and all those things is that the, the, the mind doesn't just have a view. It has a viewpoint. Do you know what I'm talking about? We, we don't just have a view. Like, we don't just see it. We see it through what our mindsets are. And the way Caroline Leaf de 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 defines a mindset is to say this. It's an entrenched memory with emotions attached. So we have mindsets about what we do in life, and because of memories that we've allowed to get so deeply embedded in our life that have emotions attached to them, there are certain things that make you react a different way than I would react to the same set of information. It's why education can't solve it completely, because education does not deal with our mindsets and our entrenched memories that have emotions attached. 
So that's why when you grow up a certain way, there are certain things that hit you a certain way. When you get married, all of a sudden, what hit your spouse one way doesn't hit you that way. They get all upset. You don't get upset. And then y'all get upset because you don't know why y'all don't see it the same way. Because you have entrenched memories with emotions attached. In fact, you might be up here just a while. Just, I'm just going to say that. In fact, listen to this. The non-conscious mind is responsible for somewhere between 90 to 99% of your mind's activity. Think about that. Only about 1% to 10% of what you think about is driven by you. But your non-conscious mind, those entrenched memories are actually driving most of your regular everyday thinking. That's a big deal, isn't it? And the only way to change that is to begin to rewire it or, in Bible terms, to renew it. Science says that 75 to 98% of current mental, physical, and behavioral illnesses come from our thought life. Did you hear that? 75 to 98. That's a decent range, but it's, all of it is a high range. 75 to 98% of all mental, physical, and behavioral illnesses right now are born out of our thought life. The things that we've allowed to get so entrenched in us. In fact, Caroline Leaf goes on to define uh, mindsets. She adds one little statement at the end. So she says, entrenched memories with emotions attached, thus the equivalent of an attitude. So many of us, all of us, live life with a certain attitude that comes out of our non-conscious thinking that drives our conscious thinking that makes us decide certain things or believe certain things about certain situations. Do you ever talk to somebody who seems to have an attitude about something that you just don't understand? And most likely, and this is where grace comes in, y'all, most likely it is not even their own conscious mind deciding that. It is the entrenched memories of how certain things went in their past that is driving their present thinking. So our grace is, is, is freely given because it was freely given to us. We must change our attitudes. In other words, what you remember will remake you. What you decide you are going to remember and bury deep in your mind and in your thinking will begin to remake your attitudes and remake your perceptions of how things look and how things are. And that's why, that's why Paul says we need to renew our minds. In fact, in Romans 12, 2, in the Amplified Translation, I think we have this one on the screen as well. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs. So conforming is an outward in type action. But be transformed, which is, means changed, fully, completely changed, by the entire renewal of your Mind, listen to this, by its new ideals and its new attitude. Isn't that interesting? Our new attitude. 
It's it's why we have to begin to walk in something different. In fact, it's not just this idea that you should be changed, but that you should be changed for the better. The word here is, is the same kind of word used for metamorphosis, the same idea of a caterpillar to a butterfly. He moved on to the next place in life, moved on to the next thing in life, moved on to a thing that allowed him to go further and faster and farther than he'd ever gone. How many of you know going from a caterpillar to a butterfly is quite the drastic change? And that's kind of the word we're talking about here. Be transformed. In fact, if you look at the word in, 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 in its original lang- language, anakinesis. Yeah, I'm not saying it again. It's used only twice in the New Testament. Only twice. One of which is Romans 12 too. And it means to cause something to become new and different with the implication of becoming superior. So when Jesus, or when God says in Isaiah, through the prophet Isaiah, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. For as heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. What he's saying is, I've got something better. He's not trying to hide the fact that they're higher. He's not trying to hide the fact that they're better. He's trying to say to you, I have something more. I have higher thinking. I have more to do in your life. My ways are higher than your ways. And if you would renew your mind, you would know my good and please and perfect will you'd be able to prove for yourself or reason for yourself the good and pleasing and perfect will of God I want to transform your mind not just so you would do what I do or say what I say but so that and this is in every translation so that you would know the good and the pleasing and the perfect will of God God's in the science he made it and he wants the science of your brain The working of your brain to be renewed into a higher way of thinking so that the things that have limited you, the memories that have held you, the things that have tried to shape you, don't get to shape you anymore. You get to walk in newness of life because the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So remember, what you remember remakes you. So you need to remember some new things. You need to remember that God's grace is sufficient for you. You need to remember that God made all things new. You need to remember that he's given you good works to do. You need to remember that you are more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens you. You need to remember that even though things get difficult and there is darkness sometimes and tragedy sometimes and hurt sometimes, that he is with you in and through all things. That's what you need to remember. In fact, Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4. How do, we, how do we renew our minds? Because it's a great idea. It's great. Uh, way to go, Paul. But he says in Philippians 4.8, he says it like this. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing. I love Paul's final statements. If you go to the end of every letter that Paul writes to the people uh, pursuing Jesus, um, he, man, he, does, he says these last statements, and they're always so good. One more thing as I close this letter. Fix your thoughts. Somebody say, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Other translations th- says things like this. Think continually on these things. Don't ever stop thinking about what is truly worthwhile and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about, about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And here's the idea. Fix does not simply just mean to repair, but to attach. In other words, the definition of fix is to fasten something securely in a particular place or position. So when Paul says fix, 
He's not simply saying uh, repair it. He's saying attach it to something and do not let it go. I fixed the cabinet door the other day. You know what my goal was when I fixed it? Is that it would never need to be fixed again because it will never come off again. When, when, G, when, when, when Paul says fix your thoughts, what he's saying is don't ever, 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 ever let that thing come off Jesus. Don't ever let your mind go to a place that excludes him from your conversation and from your thinking. Don't ever think upon things. Fix your thoughts on what is worthy of praise. And as you do that, your mind will be renewed. In fact, going back to Romans 12 too, this word transformed, this word transformed is not a word that means you do it. It's actually a passive word. It's a word that says that something else is going to do it. So when he says be transformed by the renewing of your mind, he's actually saying let me transform your mind as you fix your thoughts. So your, listen, so your responsibility is not, and I'm not saying this about, like there's other things to do with this, but, 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 but the, the primary emphasis here is that you would fix your thoughts upon the word of God, upon prayer, and upon him and who he is. And in doing that, the Holy Spirit would begin to renew and to transform your thinking. So many times we try to transform our own thinking, but we've already got an attitude about even us trying to transform our thinking. And so we begin to give up or we quit or we say it's too hard or we say, well, fix your thoughts on him. And as you do this, the Holy Spirit will begin to renew. Isn't that awesome? I think it's awesome that I don't have to fix my thoughts and transform my mind. I just have to fix my thoughts and he'll transform my mind. He'll deal with that stuff that I don't even know is happening. He'll deal with the 90 to 99% of myself that I don't realize I'm thinking with. And he'll begin to renew my thoughts and he'll begin to transform my life. Fix your thoughts. So when you don't think you can forgive somebody, he can. Fix your thoughts on him. He'll transform your thoughts. He'll transform your life. And all of a sudden you'll be able to let go of some things you never thought you'd let go of. Not because you did it, but because he did it. Let the Holy Spirit do something. Don't make him sit down in the corner of the room and go, I'll call you when I need you. And fix your thoughts upon the word of God and let the Holy Spirit begin to renew who you are. I want to say one more thing and then, uh, then we'll probably close. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And all of us, as with unveiled face, continued to behold, continued to behold in the word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into his very own image. Here's the thing. The mind is responsible for reason, but it's also responsible for imagination. Your mind is responsible for the images. In fact, your mind creates images of what you want or what you see or what you think you should see. So sometimes what happens is we have an opportunity and we cr begin to create an image of what that might look like, negative or positive. And we begin to make decisions based upon the image that we've created in our mind. So our reasoning and our imagining are responsible or are happening here in our mind. And it's interesting that we are created in the image of God. And as we behold the 
image of who he is, we are being transformed from glory to glory into the very image. So what we are trying to do is behold him in our reasoning and in our imagining. And as we do that, we are beginning to be transformed into who he's called us to be. Are you with me? So my goal, my hope, my desire for you today is that you would be transformed, that your life would be transformed, and that you would not be checking your mind at the door, that you would not lose your minds as Christians, as believers, but that you would actually become a, a, a thought, a thoughtful person, that you would actually begin to be on the front edge of thinking. You'd be on the front edge of what it is to imagine, what it is to reason. I think more people need us to be able to explain what is happening in Scripture. Why are we doing the Loveology series? Not just so we can talk about romance, but we can talk about things with a very thoughtful, in a very thoughtful way that people are wrestling with all over this world. And so that's why we're doing this series, because we want to bring an engaging, not just heartfelt, but mind-engaged conversation around very difficult topics, around very challenging things. We should engage our mind. I want to give you a few habits for this. You ready? I'm going to write these down really quickly. Find a plan to renew your thoughts. That's probably a Bible reading plan, but some kind of plan to renew your thoughts. Maybe it's a small devotional you get. Make sure you read it with everything else that you read. Find a place to think your thoughts. This is probably one of the hardest ones. Find a plan, find a place. Find a plan, find a place. You got a favorite chair? Go there. You got a favorite coffee shop? Go there. If you got a good porch, go there. Go find a place where you can think, where you can shut off the noise, where you can shut off your phone, where you can shut off the stuff, and you can just hear God. Find a person to stretch your thoughts. Find a person. Go to dinner parties. Find a person that stretches your thoughts. Find a purpose. Find a purpose to land your thoughts. So, next steps. Go to next steps. Discover some things about yourself. And let's begin to discover our purpose together. Because the greatest thing for your mind is to know why you were here. It's the greatest thing. To know where you were created with a purpose. And the last one, find a power to fuel it. Find a power to fuel it. Make sure that you are engaging with the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna, I do want to hit this word strength, and we're going to pray. Um, the Bible says that uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind with all your strength I'm only giving this strength like one minute okay because I think sometimes we think it's like a muscle thing and, and there's some element of that uh, but more than that it actually means uh, the resources you have available to you your strength are the things that you are gifted in and the things you are good at and the influence you carry and the resources that have been made available to you in your life. What are the things that you have influence in? What are the things that you are good in? I would even challenge you, as we ended last year, we talked about tithing. Let it be a, a regular thing. What are the resources we have and are the resources that I have influence over or have decision-making over? If I, what are those resources? Are those resources reflecting my love for him? Are those resources reflecting my time? And yes, this is biblical. I know it sounds catchy, and it almost annoys me sometimes to say it, but your time, your talent, and your treasure, that is absolutely a biblical concept. And it's not one of the three. It really is meant to be all of the three. It is meant to be all three. That it's not, if I don't have to give my time, then I don't have to give my talent. No, 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 no. Give all of them. 
Because love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. All the resources you have available, make them available to him. And some of you young people, if you learn that lesson now, man, I tell you what, you will find yourself refreshed and renewed. Because there's something about loving him with all my resources that, that frees me up frees me up to love my resources more than him and sometimes that is the biggest challenge of any of our lives is I just don't have enough I just don't have enough I just don't have enough love him with everything that you have I hope this series has been good for you uh, today's a little different so I get to just dance around the stage and I did that last week and it was awkward today mind is a bit different because here's what I believe I believe that many of us even today as we listen to this and we hear this entrenched memories idea we begin to think about what are the things that are beginning to shape some of what I'm doing and what I'm thinking. The things I don't even know about. The things I can't even like get to. But if I would keep his image in front of me, it, it is why, it is why um, Christian psychology seems to be even more because they give you an image. Many times we compare ourselves to ourselves, and that doesn't always help us. But when we can give ourselves an ideal image, an ideal thing to look upon, then I can be transformed from glory to glory because I've been given something higher than just me or just my neighbor. I've been given something different. So what is it? How do you love him with your mind? Is this actually transforming you from day to day? Are you letting him transform you? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you fixing your mind? Are you fixing your thoughts? Are you attaching them and not letting them go so that you would watch as a joy rises up, as a peace rises up, as a wisdom rise up, as courage flow through your life? Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for what you have done. I thank you for what you are going to do. And for some of us, the issues in our life are things we don't even think about because they're so in the non-conscious part of our thinking. And the part of our thoughts that we don't even realize is driving much of our conscious thoughts. So God, we're praying right now that you would do a work only you can do because we can't even see some of the things that we need to be fixed. So I, I want to fix my thoughts on you. The thoughts I can control and the thoughts that I can make decisions about, Lord, I want to fix them upon you on things that are worthy of praise. And for some of us, the biggest challenge in our life is that when we wake up, our thoughts go to the wrong things. Impressing people, pleasing people, being offended by people, being hurt by people, discouragement about where we thought we'd be, where we aren't yet, things that have happened before. And our minds go to certain places and it's driven by this, this entrenched memory, entrenched things. And God, I, I want you to renew our mind so you can transform our lives. And in that, we would know your good and pleasing and perfect will. And Jesus, you died on a cross to make all things new. You came alive again that we might walk in a newness of life, an overwhelming, overflowing life. God, that's what I desire for every one of us in here. 
And some of you are going, man, you know, the heart thing was good, the soul thing was good, but I kind of understood those. And, and even the strength thing, I get that, my resources. Man, I guess the mind thing, the mind thing is probably the one that's getting me. And I didn't even realize it was the thing that was getting me because I have some offenses or hurts or frustrations that have gotten so buried deep within me that every time I think about a certain thought, my attitude or my mindset, my viewpoint, alters the way I think about or reason about or imagine about that particular thing. And today I know I need you to renew my mind and transform my life. And if I fix my thoughts on you, you will, you will transform me from glory to glory to glory into the image of your son. That's you this morning. You go, you know what? I'm, I'm yeah, I don't even fully understand all of it, but I'm not going to let my mind be the leader. I'm going to learn some things. I'm going to reason some things. I'm going to imagine some things, but I want my heart to be fully engaged, and I want to get these things going the same direction. If that's you this morning, and you go, yeah, I, I want to I walk in Christ. I want to fix my thoughts on Him. I want to see my life transformed in the image of the Son of God. I, I, I want to see my life transformed by the renewing of my mind. I don't want my memories. I don't want my mindset. I don't want my mind's attitude to begin to make uh, my life more difficult than it should be. I want to be able to focus upon you, fix my thoughts upon you. If that's you today, and you just say, yeah, I want to surrender all of this to Jesus. Would you just right now, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with you if that's you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, man. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Anybody else? Thank you, I see that. Awesome. So good. So good. I see that, man. Thank you very much. So good. Praise God. Would you stand with me and let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you do a work in us. And as we fix our minds upon you, you renew our lives. You renew our minds. God, this is not a one person job. This is me fixing my mind upon you and you changing my thoughts and we are in partnership together. We are a team. We are together in relationship and you are going to rework, remake. God, we are going to get new memories. God, we're not denying what was, but we are not going to allow what was to shape what will be. God, we truly believe that you can renew and transform my life. And God, where I've been hurt, and where I've been frustrated and where I've seen my parents get divorced and where I've lost a friend and where I've seen this happen and this happen, where I've dealt with this and where I've just been disappointed in my overall purpose of life, God, I will not remember those things. I will remember that through it all, you are with me. You are for me. And even though I don't see all the purpose, sometimes I don't get all the things, but I will fix my thoughts upon you. I will think about things that are worthy of praise and you will transform my life. Holy Spirit, I pray that we walk out of here thinking right. Lord, we have not lost our minds. We have not checked out. God, we are going to engage our minds. We are going to grow and increase, and we are going to know your good and pleasing and perfect will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's sing together.